coach Bryn Holmes. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Great Thank to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Um, so basically, like I was saying, we're just going to talk about what you do here at Gilman and how you got here. Um, but maybe for people who don't know, you can kind of explain who you are and what you do here. Yeah. Um, so I've had a lot of roles here at Gilman. Uh, currently, I'm the assistant athletic director, um, which means I'm in charge of helping with lower school PE, middle school athletics, and helping with the upper school intramural program. Uh, I also coach uh, wrestling and lacrosse at the high school level. Um, but throughout my years here, I've, I've coached a lot of sports, uh, football, wrestling, lacrosse at all, all levels. Um, so I've, had, I've really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, that's my role now. Uh, I was teaching in the middle school I guess this is my 11th year here at Gilman. Um, I was teaching in the middle school. I came in as a Cooper fellow and there's a lot of Cooper fellows that are still here. Mm -hmm. um, it was a great opportunity, um, kind of fell into my lap and I said, yeah, sure, I'll run with it. Um, and then I took a, uh, so during that year when I was the Cooper fellow, I was teaching with Andre Jones and, and Mike Wallace, which I mean, those guys are awesome. Like just to sit, sit in their class would be great. Yeah. Uh, I could do it all day. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get Andre Jones and Chris Wallace, but Andre Jones um, on the podcast soon because we've had a couple of guests already talk about how powerful of a storyteller he oh, is. Oh, he's a storyteller for sure. He's a storyteller. Yeah. So uh, just a little story right now is sitting in his class for the first week of being a Cooper fellow. Uh, I was just in awe. I, I, I just was taking the class basically because he just started a story. I'm like, how is he going to wrap this all together? Next thing you know, at the end, it's like it all comes together. And uh, and it makes sense for the material that he's teaching too, oh, right? That's yeah, what... geography is – he's all over it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So uh, I guess, you know, after I was a Cooper fellow for a year, uh, a middle school math position opened up. I took that um, and, you know, I, I was teaching math for – the next six years um and then for three of those years when i was in the middle school i was a uh, I was a middle school dean as well with eric marner uh for two of the or for all three of those years and uh gretchen martin was also a, a dean for a year as well cool so um did you know that you wanted to be a teacher or how did you find gilman yeah yeah so spot? actually this is a crazy story um so i'll go back to when i was in high school um, <clears throat> we finished the last McDonough Gilman football game. Um, and then shortly after, uh, I remember my dad coming down to my room and saying, Hey, you got a letter from Gilman and being a McDonough student. I was like, so just throw it away. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, he was like, ah, I don't know. You probably want to look at this. Um, and it was actually a letter from Mr. Finney. Uh, and it was really cool. You know, even as a high school senior, you know, coming from their rival school, it was really nice to see the nice words he had to say about me, but also just what he said about the school and, and um, encouraged me in that letter to, to get into education. Really? Uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. He, he wrote a letter saying, you know, the way you carry yourself on the field and, and from what I know about you, I really think you should think about getting into education when you finish college. Yeah. That's me. Um, I, I thought nothing of it. I was like, no way. I'm not going to be a teacher. Like, yeah. that's that's not for me. And he didn't know you personally. He just saw you on the field and observed you. Yeah, on the field. And, and he was, uh, I'm sure he saw wrestling as well and lacrosse. And 
I guess, yeah, I was just observing and, and I guess saw something good in me. That's right? pretty cool, though. One of the few people. <laughs> from, the, from the rival school yeah. writing you a letter and saying you should get into education. And you didn't think of anything of that at the time? Not really. I mean, I still have that letter. It's at my parents' house, I'm sure. Um, packed away with a bunch of other stuff that's probably really old. <laughs> um, but, you know, so then after that, I, you know, went on to college. I, I was lucky enough to play uh, lacrosse at Maryland. And, uh, you know, for all four years, was a captain my senior year. And when I got down to the my senior year, uh, I really thought, you know, like, what am I going to do, right? And <laughs> many college kids, right, when they're coming out there, I have no idea what I want to do, right? Yeah. All and, of a sudden, you're a senior, and it's like you're, you have to do something after this. You can't just move back home. Right. Well, and especially when you're playing a Division One sport, it's like a full-time job. So you don't have time to really think, you know, a ton about other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I, I thought about every single summer since I was in middle school, I was playing, uh, I was coaching a camp with kids every single summer. That's all my summers were, right? And I think I just loved being around kids and, and that energy that they have and the energy that you need to have to be around kids. Um, so then I, I, you know, I, I thought about well, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's see what there is out there. And Gilman at the time was really one of the only schools that had some kind of internship or fellowship for somebody that doesn't have an education degree, mm -hmm. uh, which was awesome. It was, it was perfect. Right. And I was like, wow, this is, this is what I want to do. Let's, let's get into that and try it out and see if it's for me. And the rest is history, right? Once I was here, I mean, just like a lot of people, they fall in love with the place and you know, they're here for tens, you know, sometimes they're here for 40 years, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's something that I noticed coming in too, was how many teachers here at Gilman have been here forever. Like they, they haven't left. Yeah. They, they started working here and there was just no reason to go anywhere else because yeah. it's a great yeah. place. Yeah. I think it's really the people, right? It's the people that make the place, mm -hmm. um, the kids, the, the parents, but really the, the faculty that are here together, working together. For a common goal, I mean, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better. What were those um, camps? Were those lacrosse camps that you were doing? Yeah, so I, time? Uh, I did football, wrestling, lacrosse camps every every single year. Mm -hmm. um, actually, surprisingly, I still do McDonough's wrestling camp because I'm so, such close friends with the wrestling coach there. Um, he's one of my mentors for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've always done at least three or four camps every summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I love it. You know, it's, it's just, it's all about coaching and having fun and developing relationships with, yeah. with kids, with adults, with, with everyone. So that's funny. Cause that's kind of similar to my story. When I was a senior, I was thinking the same thing. And I was like, I do lacrosse lessons every summer. And like, I kind of like this, like I like working with kids and I like teaching lacrosse at least. And I also have this passion for English. So why not try to figure out a way to do both? Right. You know, um, was so you played lacrosse in college, but was lacrosse always your main sport? Did you always love lacrosse the most? Well, it's, it, I get asked that question a lot. Um, so, really, whatever sport I was playing was my favorite sport at the time, right? So, during football season, I was all about football, during wrestling, all about wrestling, and obviously in the spring, all about lacrosse. Um, and I think that that kind of that's gone away a little bit in today's society, right? Because we're so uh, specific 
on what sports we're going to play and they're year round now. And I think it'd be really nice to get back to where, you know, you have the ability to play multiple, multiple sports and it's realistic that you can do that. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it's, it's a little bit of both some, some on the kids, but I think it's a lot on just today's society and how they've set up athletics in general, that they're basically being forced to make a decision. Are you going to be a soccer player? Are you going to be a lacrosse player? Are you going to be, you know, it's, it's never, are you going to be a wrestling football lacrosse guy? Right. Because that's so hard to pull off. I wonder why that is, because I've always thought and we've talked about it on the podcast before. I always thought it was cool to see a really good lacrosse player also tear it up on the basketball court. Also be the best running back during the fall. I think that's cool to be able to play different sports. I wonder why it's become so focused like that. Yeah, to me, to me, it seems like, you know, being in that realm for a long time, it seems like. Unfortunately, a lot of that is money, right? Is a lot of these club sports coaches and program. I mean, it's a, it's their livelihood. So they want to make it year round so they can justify charging what they're going to charge. Right. And in terms of, uh, you know, the financial burden, it's going to be on a family. Well, the family better get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, unfortunately, that's what's really driving the process where if I think if we actually had the chance to sit back and see what's best for the kids, I would argue that, uh, you know, the upside of a kid that's playing, like, let's say it comes down to recruiting, right? Mm-hmm. The upside on a student athlete that is playing multiple sports. So maybe let's say a lacrosse player is playing lacrosse three or four months of the year, his upside versus the guy that's playing lacrosse all year round, he's already hit his potential mm-hmm. or the other guy who's playing multiple sports. First of all, he's learning a lot being in different roles on different teams, right? Maybe you're not the best uh, basketball player, but you're on the basketball team, you're a role player, mm-hmm. but when you're on the lacrosse field, you're the best player, right? Well, you learn a lot about yourself and you, and you, you're actually growing yourself even more by putting yourself in those positions where you're not the best player. Right. percent. So, so I think, you know, unfortunately it comes down to money and recruiting, right? Which almost go hand in hand, right? Like the ultimate goal for a parent, some, some parents, when it comes to sports is how can I get my kid to the next level? Because that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. Right. And then also if I can get a scholarship, if we can get a scholarship out of that, that's even that's icing on the cake. Right. So I think, unfortunately that's what drives a lot of decisions, you know, but I think at the end of the day, we should maybe take a step back and think about what's best for the kid. And, and I think the full experience of, playing multiple sports and having different roles on different teams is just, it's invaluable. Right. I mean, I I totally agree, but just to, just to play devil's advocate for a minute here, because I'm trying to put myself in the position of a parent who has a kid who you kind of for lacrosse, for example, and Mm -hmm. I've benefited from, you know, this, from being able to play lacrosse in college as well if my kid plays lacrosse all year round for a club program and does all its tournaments in the summer and I pay this money to have my kid develop with other players who similarly want to get to the next level, aren't those lacrosse players that participate in this club sport going to be that much better at the actual sport and, and have a leg up on everyone else who's playing other sports in some ways, right? If, if the goal is to play lacrosse at Maryland, if my kid plays club sports for, you know, from eighth grade, probably 
prior to eighth grade, actually, probably like fifth grade through high school. Isn't he going to be that much better at lacrosse than everyone else and have more of an opportunity to play in college? I, I would argue no. I think he would have he might have a slightly better chance to to go to that college and be on the team, but maybe not to play. Hmm. Well, right? How come? I just think the the guys that have the grit that can play these multiple sports and and can grind it out and no matter what setting that they're in, they're just more equipped to to that first step, that freshman year. You, I mean, you remember going to college. I remember actually I remember specifically coming back to watch my younger brother play in high school thinking well we just finished my uh my freshman or sorry I got into my freshman year at Maryland and we came back and I wanted to watch my younger brother Curtis play at at McDonough I just thought oh my gosh this game is so slow Mm -hmm. right because everything's elevated at the next level well I think the ability to match that to be able to adapt and not be like stuck in the same group of kids the same process over and over and over again i think those kids adapt faster and they actually move up maybe in their depth chart faster than the kids that are just like this is all i do right from a mental point of view i think so yeah and i think that's like that's a huge part of college athletics it's i mean the mental side everybody's physically capable right everyone is a physical specimen when you play college athletics i mean they're all they're all they all could play multiple sports you know especially in lacrosse now maybe it wasn't like that a while ago like in in my dad's era in the 80s like Mm -hmm. you could be you know you could be my dad's pretty short and you could be a short you know, attackmen then, but now like these defensemen are six, eight and they're freaking huge and they've got long poles and they could be linebackers in the football yeah. field. They've got D one offers from Rutgers and Penn state for football. Now they have a long pole. Yeah. You know, you, it's tough. Like you have to have that physical capability, but I would totally agree that the mental piece is the most important. Yeah. When you get, sure. when you get there. Um, so the mental piece, what, sports influence your mentality the most that made it easy for you to transfer uh, when you got to college, when you got to Maryland to play lacrosse? Yeah. I mean, I, that's a tough one. Um, I definitely took something from every single sport, right? I mean, obviously the, the intensity of wrestling, right? I was going to say wrestling. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no sport that's more intense than wrestling, right? It's, there's no excuses, right? That's what I love about it that it's only me out there wrestling against another person. I can't blame the coaches that they didn't call the right plays. I can't say that my teammate dropped the ball, mm-hmm. right? It's all on me, which I love that, right? I love that kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people don't, right? And it's not for everybody. But, you know, I think with that said, there's also parts of like, I mean, I remember crying after football games, right? Just being like, I poured my heart in there. And it was really for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. I laid it on the line so that my best friends and, and all of us as a team could win. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing in lacrosse. Right. And, and, and lacrosse is, you know, <clears throat> one of those sports where you where the energy that your team exudes is going to make a huge difference. Right. That's like the beautiful thing about lacrosse and why so many people like the sport around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, you know, one of the biggest things that, you know, can probably be the reason why I am the way is my family, right? I had two brothers. I was smack dab in the middle. 
I had a younger sister, um, and all we did was play sports and, and compete every single day. Yeah. Right? And it, I mean, and it's still, it's still going on. I just texted my brother the other day. I'm like, hey, do you want to go play basketball sometime? We're terrible basketball players, yeah. but we're going to try really hard the whole time right? Right. And, right. and get a workout in. But, um, you know, I think that's, that's really where my mentality came from, was really from my family. Mm-hmm. Was it your parents that really ingrained competition in you guys as a family, or was it just the fact that you had an older brother, you were in the middle, and you had two younger siblings, and yeah. you all played sports? Yeah, no. Um, so my parents' story, so this is interesting. I, um, my parents got married super young. Uh, they had my brother when they were 18, uh, me when they were 20, my younger brother when they were 22 or 3, and then my sister before they were 30. So they had four kids before they were 30 years old. Um, and you know, they were always getting us into as many sports as possible because that's what they did when they were younger. And, uh, they really pushed us to, to get into athletics, but in like a healthy way, right. They were like, well, do you want to do this? Yeah, we do. Because that's, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Instead of spending time watching TV or, or, you know, doing something else, we were running outside, playing catch, doing all kinds of stuff. And I think, you know, when you start that at a young age, it just builds and builds and builds. And then when you have three boys that are constantly competing, like it, it just raises the bar for all of us to get better and better. Mm-hmm. It's like a natural, it's in your DNA almost. Yeah, it feels like it. <laughs> even though you're, I mean, it's probably a combination of both. It's probably a nature and a nurture thing for your family. You probably are just naturally competitive. And then add on top of that, you have all these sports going on all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about wrestling? How'd you get into wrestling? Was that, was that, did you have a coach? Did your parents put you into wrestling? So, so, uh, my dad, I remember my dad, I asked him, I said, you know, why did we start wrestling in the first place when I was, you know, an adult? Um, and when we moved to, uh, Carroll County where my parents still live right now, you know, we were, I mean, three boys, I, I guess I was in third grade. My brother was in fifth or fifth grade and my other brother was in kindergarten or first grade and i mean we were just all over each other all the time so my dad was like well let's get some rules to this yeah so why don't we send them to wrestling and see how that goes um and we had a blast i mean it gave us some rules and some competition and we just had fun right i mean just like a lot of the kids that you see nowadays that are just physical kids and you know they're wrestling around now let's give them an outlet where they can actually do this safely and um, and with some rules, <laughs> I've never wrestled, so I don't really know. You don't say, yeah, I'm not, uh, that's not my body type. <laughs> I would get, You'd be I think I could coach you up. You'd be all right. Really? I think I Are could. Are there some yeah. taller yeah. wrestlers? Yeah. yeah. You got a lot of reach. Okay. Right. Where some of the short compact guys, they can't reach ankles and different spots. And so I, you can give me some tactics for, oh, my, yeah. for my size. Yeah. You give me like a month. You'll be ready to tear some people up. I should get out there with you guys again. I'd, I'd love to. I did so. I did jujitsu. I've talked about jujitsu before, and I did like a summer of jujitsu, and I just got handed every <laughs> night. But I will say, and I've, I've said this before, um, the workout that that like I oh, yeah. was never more tired. Lacrosse is a piece of cake uh-huh. compared to how you feel after fighting for your life. Yeah. You know, so that was one of the biggest things I noticed coming from wrestling to lacrosse is my lungs, no problem. 
right? I'd come in in preseason and my lungs, I felt great. I was never like tired. My legs would get tired because I wasn't just spending the whole winter running around. Hmm. But my my fitness level was Cardi- oh, there's no no question. My cardio was way above anybody oh, wow. that I felt like I was out there with at the lacrosse field. What kind of workouts do you do in wrestling to kind of, I mean, do you just get on the mat? Well, I mean, the best workout in wrestling is to wrestle. Yeah. Right? I mean, the whole match takes only six minutes. If you watch a guy walk off of a six-minute wrestling match, you watch a kid walk off a football field, looks about the same, mm-hmm. right? If not worse for the guy that was just wrestling, mm-hmm. right? And the football game takes like two hours. It's right? the best physical workout you can get. Yeah. there's. There, I mean, there's nothing better to me. Mm-hmm. Um now, you know, with that said, you know, going into lacrosse season, my legs were always tired because I wasn't using my legs and running around as much. But the rest of my body, oh, it was to level 10 the whole time. Right? Wow. Um, and I've had a lot of uh, friends actually who got into the face-off position because there is overlap between facing off and wrestling. How did that come about for you? Yeah, I mean, so I started playing lacrosse when I was four years old. Um, and... My dad actually said, you know, let's let's be as valuable as possible, mm-hmm. right? So do play every position that you can, do everything that you can to get on the field, mm-hmm. right? Because you never know what that role is going to be in the future. Um, so I started facing off, and I'm just so com- – I can't stand it, losing, right? Mm-hmm. So I naturally wanted to be the best face-off guy that I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people would argue that – my technique is not great, right? But once the ball's on the ground and out there, I'm gonna go get it, right? And that's the way I was, right? I'm talking like I'm doing it now. I haven't done, I haven't done a face-off in at least six years, probably closer to ten. Just scrapping, get the yeah, ball out yeah, and scrap exactly. for it. Exactly. And I think that competitive nature just that's what really got me into facing off. And you know, if you can have the ball more for your team, that's gonna help the team. So that's what I was all about. Would you say it's a similar mindset going to the mat with another guy in the wrestling in the wrestling realm versus walking up to take a face off against another guy? Is it the it's, same mindset? It, it was for me, for sure, and I think that's probably what kept me in there, still facing off at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, when you pull the ball out, there's teammates to help you, or there's there's other guys and. Uh, you know, yeah, he can check you, but it's a little bit different than a guy, you know, putting you on your back and being very physical with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the intensity level of a wrestling match is matched by none. I don't think. Yeah. You can't beat it. Yeah. Were there any wrestling coaches that you had, uh, maybe at McDonough that had an impact on you and you really liked their coaching style or you connected well with them and they taught you something about not just wrestling, but the mental aspect of sports that you kind of carry with you? Yeah, of course. Um, so Pete Welch is still the coach at McDonough. Um, he was my coach for all four years I was there. Um, you know, he had like the perfect combination of lightheartedness, humor, and intensity, right? Because you can't hold that intensity for you know, the whole season, mm-hmm. right? You have to have, when you get off the mat, there has to be some fun. Right. right. It can't just be like, we're just going to hammer, 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 hammer the whole time because then people burn out. People decide, ah, this isn't for me. Right. So right. to make it to make a sport like wrestling fun is really important. 
right? And if you're not winning, it's not fun, mm-hmm. right? So being with the people you're around is really important for them to make it fun, right? To create more of a family feel. I think Pete's done a really good job at McDonough of, of making that happen. And that's why they've been good for so many years because people want to go there. Right. And, and your player or your wrestlers respect you because they kind of see both sides and they know this guy's not always going to be on my yeah. back. Um, but he, he knows when to turn the heat on, knows when to be intense. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing that he has is balance. And I've tried to do the same thing here. Um, you know, I think the other thing about wrestling is, you know, just a wrestling tournament, right, is, is typically like two days long, right? So we're in the gym at 3 p.m. on a Friday. We get out at like 8 or 9. We drive home. We go to bed. We wake up. Weigh-ins are at 7 o'clock the next morning, right? We might eat a little bit something after we weigh in. Then we start getting warmed up. And then it's from 8.30 to maybe 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock that night mm. is the whole wrestling tournament. Right. Mm. So you're with these people all the time, which is which is also why I think there's such a tight knit community in the wrestling world. Right? right. I think that makes obviously plays a role. If you're going to spend that much time with each other, you better like each other yeah. or at least respect each other. Right. 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 For for a wrestler in that situation, how many times are they wrestling like during a yeah. tournament? Um, so you're only allowed to wrestle five matches in a day based on on, on the regulations. Um but typically, if you win all of your matches, and you let's say you win the finals, maybe four or five matches mm-hmm. uh, over two days, um, if you place like fifth or something like that, you might have seven matches because you have some wrestlebacks, is what they're called, when you lose and then you wrestle back to see if you can place. Gotcha. Um, the weight the weight cutting is interesting to me. And again, I haven't wrestled, but I did play football growing up, Pop Warner football, and I was always the biggest dude out there. And I remember it's like ninety pound football, spitting weight, chewing gum, <laughs> yeah. you know, wearing soccer cleats, cutting yeah. out all my pads, trying to get on there. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about cutting weight? Because it's such a like almost bizarre yeah. tactic that you have to do if you're going to be a wrestler. Yeah. You know, so my take on that is I never really cut weight. I might, I cut weight a little bit my freshman year, but after that, I, I didn't cut weight at all. And I think I wrestled much better for it, right? Because you want to be able to compete at the highest level. You need to be healthy, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Now with that said, I think I, when I did the, they always do a certification at the beginning of the year. And during that certification process, Right. They do a hydration test. They do a fat uh, a body mass uh, test and they tell you, OK, you can get down to seven percent body fat is the minimum that we're going to let you go. Mm. Now, there are some exceptions. I think my senior year, I was less than seven percent body fat. But as, as long as I was hydrated, I could wrestle whatever, whatever I weighed. Gotcha. Um, so I think. You know how wrestling takes they've really taken care of the stories that the horror stories that you've heard of for like cutting weight. Mm-hmm. A lot of our guys can't really cut that much weight anymore because they do this certification process. Gotcha. And it actually recalibrates every single time a kid weighs in, I have to enter their weight into a computer system that tells me, okay, he can lose 1.5% of his body weight per week. So if he weighs a hundred pounds, he'd only be able to lose 1.5 pounds a week. 
which for a wrestler, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so easy. Right. Right. I, that just means that I work out for 30 minutes. And I'm, I've lost a pound. Yeah. Don't have that <clears throat> ice cream cone. Yeah, after. exactly. Right. Yeah. I think being disciplined is the most important thing there, right? Is it's really easy to, to eat whatever or drink whatever. And then all of a sudden be super over, over your, your minimum weight. Mm -hmm. Um, but really that, that has not been much of an issue for a lot of wrestlers for a long time, um, because of this weight certification process. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I've always said, I'd rather have you super healthy and lighter than the guy that you're going to wrestle that let's say he's trying to lose 10 pounds to get down to a certain weight. I'd rather you wrestle two pounds less than you weigh right now. And that guy had to lose 10 pounds. He's not going to be ready to compete for six minutes because you have energy. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, who, so who were some of the influences, role models, coaches that you, you know, you talked a little bit about your coach at McDonough for wrestling. Who are some of those other, um, names that had an impact on you when you were kind of deciding what you wanted to do after playing sports, going to Maryland, playing lacrosse in Maryland, uh, and trying to figure out what you wanted to do next. Were there some role models or mentors for you that helped pave the way for you a little bit? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously I said it earlier, my family's really important. Um, and we're super tight knit family and, you know, talking to them, I think that was really important for me to kind of figure out what I wanted to do, but I, I really enjoyed my high school experience in sports. And that's really what drew me towards, um, you know, being an educator in, in some way and, and really being a coach, right? Mm-hmm. That's really what I wanted to be. Um, so all of my high school coach, I actually had um, Jake Reed who coached at uh, McDonough for a long time his last year was my junior year and we won the MIAA championship and were ranked number one in the country, which of course I had a great time, right? Cause we were really good, but I just really liked undefeated the, that year. No. Well, you want to know who we lost to Gilman? That was our only loss. It was the best thing that ever happened to us. Wow. Um, I think some of the guys on the team thought that we were unbeatable and I think Gilman was um, maybe middle of the pack in the MIAA that year. Maybe. Maybe, um, maybe the top half, but, uh, they beat us and it was a wake up call and it was, it was like perfect timing because it wasn't in the playoffs. We had about maybe two or three games until the playoffs. And then, and then we, we were, we lit it up after that. Was that here at McDonough? That was here. That was here. Yeah. I still remember I scored, I think two goals. Uh, and because the field was so, uh, nice back then, <laughs> it was actually like just a dirt mound in front of the crease. I took a shot from like way outside the box, just worm burned it in there, shot up to the top corner and made me look really good, but it was all luck. Um, but I still remember that game like it was yesterday. And I think it was a, it was a blessing for my team at the time. Crazy how a loss can, can do that for you. Even yeah. though, you know, that's the, maybe the best thing that happened in that season that you could have been undefeated, but it's still that one loss was so important for, for sure. You. Um, so tell me a little bit about Maryland and, and playing lacrosse in college and what that experience was like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I had a few choices uh, for college, and my older brother was already playing lacrosse at Maryland. Uh, and that's really what drew me there, mm-hmm. right? And, again, getting back to family and, uh, you know, 
for it's funny because the Maryland lacrosse team, boy, uh, men's and women's, has had a Holmes playing for them 14 out of 15 years, I think. Right. Wow. So it was 10 straight for the boys, and then one year in between, and then my sister played for four years. Wow. Um, so I guess, you know, first of all, the, the family feel that I got when I was playing at University of Maryland was, I mean, when you come into a college, right, especially a huge college like University of Maryland, mm -hmm. it's nice to have a tight knit group that you're like, I already have like built in friends before I even get there. Yep. Right. Because we better like each other. We better get along because we're a team. Right. And I think that that's what really drew me to play college sports, I think. Uh, and also competing. I love competing. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also what drew me towards a team sport, I think, too. Hmm. Right? The it's, family it's, aspect. Yeah, I really think so. Um, you know, obviously, playing Division One lacrosse, you're spending – I mean, you better – if you're going to want to do that, you better really want to do it because you're going to spend – I mean, I felt like we were spending at least – you know, the coaches say you're spending three or four hours. You're spending like six hours a day. Oh, on yeah. lacrosse and then add on top of the lacrosse the weightlifting yeah the you know eating right yeah. it takes up your entire mental space yeah yeah you're not thinking about anything else really yeah and if if you are then you're falling behind right yeah, you're not bought in yeah exactly <laughs> um and that's i try to tell guys that not only at gilman i think gilman might understand that gilman guys might understand that better than others but when I go back to Philly, my hometown, some of the Conestoga guys, I went to Conestoga, you know, that, that want to play in college. It's like you kind of have to tell them, look, you have to be obsessed with this sport if you want to play lacrosse at Correct. the next level. Like I w I'm obsessed with lacrosse. And I, you know, when I was younger, I brought my stick into the supermarket and I played all the time. Yep. My dad was a lacrosse player. So it's always been a part of me. Um, and like that's probably why I'm still coaching and still Right. playing uh, but other guys after four years of playing d1 lacrosse it's like they don't want to see a stick again because yeah. that's all they did yep um it's you know you don't you not only have to have the mental piece and the physical piece but you have to just be obsessed with the sport and, yeah. and want to play yeah i mean what you're saying is 100 percent right i think in some ways for some people it might even ruin that experience right because they just had this great experience in high school. To me, it was like, oh, I'm playing multiple sports. This is great. Mm -hmm. I have like a change of everything that's going on. I think I like variety. And, you know, I think for some guys, especially if they weren't a starter or they didn't get to play much, like you better love it, mm -hmm. right? Because you're not even getting what you think is the reward of, of playing the on the field. Um, to me, the reward is the network of people that you just had and the common goal that you you know, you're trying to achieve. I think that's really the most important thing. Um, but I also like, I totally get it. If you're not playing, like you're not having fun. You're like, what am I doing here? Right. Right. And I totally get that. Yeah. If you're not on the field and you're working this hard and you're on the sideline on game day, that's yeah, tough. It, you start to think about it. And if you don't love that sport, it's like, it could be a pretty dark place for you. Yeah. And that's why some of those guys that fit that description were my favorite people on the team. Right. Because you knew their heart was in it, that every it was all about the team. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you saw them sit on the sideline during the game and you're going, man, this guy is just he's grinding it out. He's making us better in practice every single day. And like he doesn't even get to step on the field. 
He doesn't get the fun part. He right. He doesn't celebration get celebration yeah, on Saturday. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, those, the, like I said, those are, those are my favorite guys on the team. I don't care about the guy that's scoring all the goals. I care more about the guy that is sitting there grinding in practice, making us better and not getting any reward for it. And I talked to Coach Nostrand on the podcast about, as a coach, I think just from my perspective, the hardest part of coaching at that level is getting those guys on the end of the bench still bought in. Yeah. And, you know, you have no real chance of playing this season, but you're valuable. It's just tough to convey, I think, to 50 guys or how many guys are on the team. Yeah. If um, you, uh, I mean, I know I'm a lot older than you, but if you remember – that was some of the best part of our Maryland lacrosse team was our sideline was going nuts. It looked like they were having more fun than the guys on the field by far. Yeah, um, I, I do remember. I yeah. do remember watching. Uh, one of my favorite games actually was, um, wasn't there like a nine overtime game? Yeah, so I, that's funny you brought that up. It was seven overtimes, I think. It's um, the longest game to this day, probably. Yeah, I would think so. I remember um, watching that for hours. Yeah, it was at Virginia. Um, and actually right before the very first overtime, I think it was the very first overtime or right before the end of the fourth quarter, um, the ref assumed we were going to call a timeout. So I pull the ball out on a face off. We scoop it up, throw it up to one of our teammates. He throws it across to our top attackman. Catalina, right? And he takes the shot and scores. Yeah. Everyone goes crazy. Yeah, we're going nuts because we won the game. And then they they blow the whistle right as he's getting ready to shoot, which during that time, the, the noise in that stadium, it was in Klockner, mm-hmm. was super loud. So we didn't even hear the whistle. But they were like, oh, we blew the whistle. No goal. Inadvertent whistle. Sorry. And, and, and to like rub salt in the wound, I'm pretty sure they got the ball in like an AP because it was an inadvertent whistle. They get the ball. And uh, – and then it goes into overtime, and it lasted seven overtimes. And actually, I think, if I remember correctly, I think Brian Carroll, who was a player here, a really great player here from Gilman, uh, same year as, as me, um, scored the game-winning goal, I think, uh, in the seventh overtime. Which should have never happened, but it happened. It happened. <laughs> Is that the most exciting game you've played in, probably? Uh yeah, probably. I I, I loved uh, playing at um, the Naval Academy uh, against UVA in the playoffs my freshman year. That was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, some really good players. We ended up losing, but it was such like an intense game, and it was it was a lot of fun. Mm. Over, sure. Overtime game too. I don't think so. No. I think we lost um, by two. I think. Was your brother, so when you came in as a freshman, how old was your He was oldest? a senior. He was a senior. So I'm smack dab in the middle. I had the best of both worlds. I, yeah. I was a freshman when Travis was a senior, both in high school uh, and college. But then also I was a senior when Curtis was a freshman in high school and, and, and college as well. And we were lucky enough also that all three of us uh, made varsity as freshmen for all three sports. So I got to play with Travis for for that first year in all three sports. And then Curtis got to play with me um, oh, that's awesome. in all three sports as well. Yeah, it was, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was hmm. great. What was it like going in first year at Maryland and having a senior or older brother to kind of show you the ropes? And Yeah, I, yeah, it was definitely nice, right? Because I knew what to expect. Um, also, you know, I think he, 
he was he had a tough senior year. He uh, actually ended up getting mono. Oh, really? And couldn't play because, you know, I think it's your spleen or something gets enlarged. Yep. So they were afraid that he would have something rupture if he tried to play. So, you know, I, th- I felt for him more than anybody that, you know, finally he's here in his senior year. He's a starting midfielder and he didn't get to play like but three games or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, that that was crushing, I think, for me. Yeah, that's you know, I didn't. I got to play with him a little bit as a senior. I mean, sorry, as a freshman when he was a senior, but it wasn't the way it was supposed to be. I think. Yeah. Which yeah. happens in sports, right? And at the end of the day, right? Who cares? Like he didn't get to play. That really stinks. But hey, we're we're moving on. We're we're gonna keep pushing. Yeah, right? on the team. You know. Yeah, exactly. He's still, he still. He did was a cap. He was a you. captain too, and didn't get, didn't even get to play. Right. So. Yeah, I do feel right now for <clears> some of those seniors upperclassmen you know juniors last year who now senior year season's a little bit shaky it's yeah. like last time you played what you came to school really for we're looking forward to was you know end of sophomore year now you're not playing because of coronavirus right. something yeah. out of your control yeah it's got to be frustrating for sure yeah. um but again i mean at the end of the day you better be doing well in school so that you're ready to get into the workforce because that's really what's going to happen. You're not going to make, you're not going to make millions of dollars being a lacrosse player. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the nice thing about a lot of the lacrosse teams in college is they really push that because there's, I mean, yeah, okay, there's a small chance you have some kind of future in lacrosse, mm-hmm. but really it's going to be something else. Right. Right. Um, so, Bryn, I want to talk a little bit about athletics and athletic director and. Um, maybe what you do in that department, what you're working on right now and kind of do you like, do you have like future, do you want to be an athletic director? Do you want to stay in athletics? Do you like coaching more kind of what, yeah. your, what your track is or what you like doing here at Gilman? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like coaching. Um, I think I also like being a part of the big picture for athletics. Any way I can help these teams become the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all about, so, you know, hopefully, I can stay here and, and, and keep working in athletics and I'm definitely going to keep coaching. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's like a non-negotiable for me is I'm yeah. like, I need to be on either a mat or a field at least once a year. Right. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I am. Uh, you know, we'll see the next few years what happened here, you know, what's going to happen here. But I think being a part of athletics is definitely going to be my future. Right. I think I just I value it so much. I think it gives so much back to these kids that that's where I feel like I can help the most. You know, it's interesting. We were talking on the last podcast with Coach Guline and he, he brought up something interesting about why schools have athletic teams, why they have athletic programs and just that he does those character development stuff. Yeah. yeah and he was just talking about the character um education through sports is the most important part and at the end of the day you're a coach but you're really teaching life values and toughness and all those you know discipline those things that you have learned and taken from playing sports your whole life yeah definitely brings all these tough situations to a head right i mean when you're working hard and it and you fail right which is going to happen in sports all the time Mm -hmm. right it's and it's in your face it's going to force you to, to, you know, get back up 
and show what you're made of. And I think that's what the beauty of sports is, right? And then when you add a team aspect to that, you know, there's other people here that are counting on you. And if you fail, what do you do next? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, it instantly is pushing that. And I think that's the lessons that you learn in sports that you can pull right back into the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so applicable and, and you're, I mean, I think your story about losing to Gilman, uh, was that your junior year? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the best lesson is that that loss was needed for you guys to have a successful season, championship season. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would argue, I mean, it's a cliche, but you learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that was clear in that as in, in that game, but also all over the place in athletics. Yeah. And outside of athletics, you learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that I'm trying to do with the podcast is like going back and watching is like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or shouldn't yeah, have asked should, that. Yeah. Um, it's just a continuous process. Yeah. You know? And if you're not, if you don't continue that process, then you're, what are you doing? Right. What are you even here for? If you're not going to continue to get better. Right. Yeah. Right? There's no purpose. What are we doing if we're not trying to get better at what we're doing? Right. Great quote. <laughs> Um, so you have a couple books. I'm excited to oh, yeah. hear about what you brought in here. So, so speaking of family, um, I have three kids. I'm going to start with the youngest and I'm going to talk about their favorite books. Um, this is the little blue truck. Um, it's a classic. Um, it's definitely one that I've read like 40 times at night, um, <laughs> because she doesn't like anything new. Um, Jackson, my that's Hadley. She's a two and a half. And Jackson is a Star Wars fan. Um, so he got this book, which has like everything about Star Wars. Um, it has all kinds of diagrams on who you're who you're talking. I don't know any of this stuff. I know a little bit, but um, I've learned a lot more um, from him than I did when I was a kid. So Star Wars um, and the Magic Treehouse is Carter, my oldest. That is her favorite series. Uh, she was mad. I told her to go grab um, the first book in the series, and she was getting really upset. She couldn't find it. So she said, I, I'll give you my favorite one then. And this is her favorite one by far. Um, you know, so that's where we are with books. Wow. Every night reading? Um, I would say um, we need to do a better job with Jackson. Um, but Carter reads every single night. Uh, and Hadley to stall bedtime. That's a kid's tactic to stall bedtime is read me a book. <laughs> um, and then they'll say they'll go out and they'll pick like oh the places you'll go or something which is by the way a Dr. Seuss book that's way too long mm-hmm. um, but um, you know that's just you'll have something to look forward to if, you, if you're lucky enough to have kids someday what's it, what's it like being a dad for you how was how it like first time being a dad you know yeah it's I mean like I said our family's so tight that you know it's kind of like what am I here for if like I want to have kids and you know, that's obviously why I'm in education. I, I love working with kids and what's better than your own. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, my wife and I have actually, you know, my wife and I met in high school. She went to McDonough and then actually went and played lacrosse at Maryland. We got married right after, right after, uh, college. Uh, I guess it was the summer after my Cooper fellow year here, we got married and, and then we had Carter was maybe a year later. Um, just we kind of knew that's what we wanted to do. And, um, you know, it's so much fun, you know, and, and then at the same time, it's like so draining, 
mm-hmm. right? You like I always laugh when when I was uh, after the first kid after Carter. When people would tell me, like some of my friends that had no kids yet, they're like, oh, man, I'm just so tired. I was like, you have no idea how tired you actually can get because Mm -hmm. waking up in the middle of the night or just having to worry about other things like you have you have no worries right now, man. All right. And I think that's the that's the pieces like you don't know until you're in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we can try to explain it. But until you're in it, you have no idea what it's like. Yeah. I mean, it looks so much fun seeing you kind of run around with your kids and yeah. they're going to be athletes 100%. I, I hope mean. so. <laughs> um, so, Bryn, it's been awesome talking to you today. We uh, we should get back on the pickleball court this weekend and compete a little bit. And I'd love I think to. we have some lacrosse today, first day, which will be fun. Yeah. Uh, is wrestling is wrestling starting up? Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and, well semi-wrestling it's more just workouts right now when we haven't gotten cleared to have any kind of uh what looks like wrestling yeah i mean that might be for a little bit yeah yeah i think the the one benefit that wrestling has is contact tracing right because you're only wrestling people that are your weight Mm -hmm. especially in practice we could just group them three at a time or four at a time those are the only four kids together yep so it's easy to make a batch or a pod of you know small number interesting because i was wondering how that was going to work i was like wrestling that's probably the yeah most covety sport right it's the easiest way to like transmit um any kind of covid i'm sure yeah. but at the same time it's one-on-one gotcha. so there's some precautions that we can put there to help protect ourselves great hopefully well best of luck with that and thanks for coming on today yeah thanks for having me awesome.